in the round at the rectangle table with Ronan, and I'm gonna go by Richard from now on, which is my middle name. So we can oh, be like, okay, "Welcome okay, to Reels okay. in the Round at the Rectangle Table with Ronan and Richard," because okay. ours are fun and alliteration is my jam. I, I, at first, I thought you were gonna call me Richard. But... No, I'm the dick. <laughs> you do not have such a the the uh, the auspicious title, the title? Richard uh, belongs to me. Belongs to me, good friend. <laughs> So you do your Instagram post, letting people know that we're live. I'm going to do a quick TikTok, letting people know that we are live. But yeah, um, yeah go for it. You do yours. We was in around. We are now live. Uh, link in my bio. Kirk, what are we watching? We are watching the uh, Art House Cinema Masterpiece Primer. Primer! We're in matching t-shirts. It's a black shirt, man. <laughs> and uh, stay till the end because I've got a joke for you all. Oh, God. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> okay, you do yours. Hold on. Yep. Okay, so I just uh, welcome to our viewers and welcome to Reels in the Round with Ronan and Richard. My name is Kirk. Um, <laughs> on the rectangular table. At the rectangular table. This week, as we said on our Instagram post, we are watching, we watched the Art House Cinematic Masterpiece Primer. Now, I'll tell you up front, Ronan did not like this movie and I have not yet asked him. <laughs> I, have, I haven't, usually I kind of say, so what do you think? So I kind of have primed myself. No pun intended. I was just about to say that. Uh, there's no pun intended, but usually I have asked to ascertain your kind of general feelings. <laughs> I don't have to ask this time. I know you didn't like it. You're wrong, and we're going to cover why. But okay, but so let's uh, let's kick it off. Okay, so let's look at who made it. Let's do that. Which uh, fun fact? There was an astounding five people that made it. Yes. So uh, director, we got Shane Caruth. Caruth, yes. Caruth. Which he's kind of a, a solo crew. Uh, yep. He directed, wrote, composed, and the producer of Upstream Color. Okay. It's almost the same story here. Uh, producer of The Dead Center and executive producer of Sun Don't Shine. Yep. And well, would you look at that? He's also the writer. Look at that. What a uh, friendly face we have there. And acting. Hey, well, would you look at that? Shane Carruth. <laughs> He was in Argo. Who was he in Argo? Oh, no. David Sullivan That's was in David Argo. David Sullivan. Got it. Sorry. But yeah. Uh, Who was he in Swiss Army Man? There's only two characters in that. Was he the other one? Apparently. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Hold on. Because on this page, I tried to stay of what he acted in. Since this is the actor slash actress pages page. I'm, uh, I'm not finding, but... Uh... Oh, no, he was the coroner in Swiss Army Man. So he wasn't oh, the other guy. I, I haven't seen the movie, so. Oh, gosh, it's Weekend at Bernie's <laughs> for your generation. Do you know what Weekend at Bernie's is? No. Guys, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm looking for a new host, co-host. I, I, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm sorry. Um, okay. Weekend at Bernie's is a seminal classic of the 1980s. You don't have to be <laughs> from the 80s to know that Weekend at Bernie's is 
Well, it's, I mean, it's I mean, classic. I mean, like I said, I've seen other 80s films. So yeah, like so. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who are just tuning in, because we have some new viewers, some new visitors, some people yeah, that yeah. have come in. Uh -huh. For those who don't know, so for over a year, I had a show called Kirk and Corey's Nerdy News at Noon, where I sat, and it was part of the fun was that Corey was a decade younger than me. So we could talk about how, like, a, an interesting perspective of, I am an elder millennial, and she was a mid to late millennial. I was born in 82, she was born in 92, millennials go to 96. So it was kind of like, thing. Yeah. Rowan was born in 2002. He's 20 years younger than me. 2003. Oh, good God. You can't do it worse. <laughs> I really thought it was 2002. It's 2003. Yeah, it's 21 2003. years younger than me. <laughs> and I will say that takes it from peers at the opposite end of a generation to back in my day. <laughs> You're welcome. Where you don't know things like weekend at Bernie's. But that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. We will live to fight another day. So yes. Shane Carruth, Upstream Color, Swiss Army Man, The Dead Center, David Sullivan, yeah. Argo Flaked, and Sharp Objects. Sharp Objects is fantastic. Also, I haven't seen it. Um, it's good. Um, Casey Gurdon, Robert. The other two almost don't count. They are in so little. This yeah. movie, this movie is those two characters, Shane Carruth and David Sullivan, and like extras. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Basically, 99% of the movie is those two talking. Mm -hmm. Nothing else. And that is fascinating. Yes. And uh, Anod, I don't even want to try to pronounce his last name. I don't know if you want to give it a shot, but. Nope. <laughs> that guy. Sure, his parents love him. But he, he was only in two, uh, or he was only in that, or not even in. He was the assistant director of Pale Blue Moon and an actor in this movie. Okay. That's all he has going for him. No, and so the whole so. thing is, so it's important to understand. So, okay, there's a little bit of mythology that's about to happen here. And this is why I wanted, one of the reasons that I had Ronan watch this particular film. First off, I want to say up front, this isn't an appeal to authority fallacy or anything, but whereas you don't have to like it, mm -hmm. it won best director, best producer, best writer, best composer, and best edit. Um, sorry, not, I'm looking at the wrong thing. It won the grand jury prize, the Alfred P. Sloan prize, and the Best Writer-Director Prize at the Sundance Film Festival. Mm -hmm. It was then nominated for the Gotham Awards and the Stages Film Festival. Yep. I know that we have a whole thing later yeah. about that, but I'm just saying that this film, whether you like it or not, was groundbreaking for a few reasons. Shane Carruth was not a filmmaker. No, he's not. No one in this film was. He was a software engineer with a background in applied mathematics. And he went to people to try... He had this idea for this, this movie, mm -hmm. and he... And he started pitching it around. They're like, oh, yeah, it's a great movie. We'll have to raise 50, 60, 70, $80,000 or $100,000. And he's like, why? Like, it's just, <laughs> it's, we, this could be so simple. And they're like, no, that's just not how films work. And he's like, why? Because he's just, <laughs> he was just, and so there's a few myths here that I have not been able to confirm, but I've heard them from what I consider to be reputable sources. I want mm -hmm. to be clear here. I could find out they're not true. Yeah. But I heard them from what I truly would have considered reputable sources. I see. And, and so, this film is only 77 minutes long. Yeah. There's something like 88 foot minutes of footage. They did oh, wow. it, They did everything in one take because he just mathed it. He mathed it out hmm. and shot it everything once. Yeah. Um, the film was shot for seven or $8,000. It's him yeah. and his friends in his house. Like you don't have to like the movie to recognize that it is a representation of absolute genius. Yeah. In with very minimal, minimal training or practice whatsoever. It is it is truly the cinematic equivalent of the old Looney Tunes cartoons, which occurs to me that you didn't watch because they came out when I was a child. I've seen a couple where they're walking on the uh, they're, they're they walk off the cliff 
and it's not till they look down mm -hmm. and notice that they're going to fall that they do like he didn't fall down because he didn't know that gravity was a thing if i tried to do the exact same movie he did it would have failed miserably because i know better yeah. um and I'll say that watching it this time, I saw way more mistakes than I'd seen in the past. I was, I was like, oh, gosh, <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh. But like, I still love this movie. I see. Truly love it. But anyway, continue on with your uh, assessment. OK, so, I mean, this is the part where we talk about the movie. Who would have guessed? It, it, oh, no, right. In a show where we talk about movies. Yes, in a, in a movie where in a show where we discuss <laughs> movies. OK, this so, is the part where we talk about movies. So Anyways. let's start with you, youngster. OK. <laughs> I know you didn't like this film. I sat next to you. Yeah. I'm aware of your take. <laughs> what didn't you like? I, I think it's really slow and confusing. That is part. That is one of the things I was going to say. Yeah. Cause I was going to say that I don't think I was big brain enough for this movie. It is very slow <laughs> and it is very confusing. It is very slow and very confusing. And I said this to you, like you, I only had you watch it once to do this, to do this, any degree of justice. I'd have had you watch it at least three times because yeah. Every time you watch it, you figure out just how brilliant Shane Carruth is because <laughs> you're just like, this was his first movie and there's so much nuance. There's yeah. so much garbage uh, like hidden <laughs> in between the lines here. Um, masterful. Yeah. So it's too slow. Mm -hmm. It's technical. It's it's technically me. <laughs> Did you like anything real quick, by the way, guys? I hate this because usually I tell people to know nothing about Primer before you see it. Mm -hmm. If you haven't seen Primer, I'd say turn this off, but please don't. Um, <laughs> but watching Primer is an amazing movie. You should check it out. It is one of the best film. Uh, it is the absolute best time travel movie I have ever seen. Bar none. I'm including Marvel Universe. I'm including Back to the Future. This is the single best time travel movie ever made for so many reasons. Um, what did you like anything about it? Uh, what I will say is probably next to nothing you liked next Bright. to nothing right wow. <laughs> what, what i will say is like the amount of money that he put into it and i knew that going into this yeah be because i did the research that kind of research ahead of time but i mean like you told me beforehand i knew nothing going into this yeah uh like uh, he didn't even know it was a time travel movie no like, like I caught myself reading from the So we were muted there for a minute. We are should be actually up now. I apologize. But anyway, okay. you caught yourself reading the IMDb and you didn't know anything about the actors. You knew nothing. You didn't know anything. Uh, well, basically all I knew, well, from like last week when you told me that he had like no experience whatsoever. Yep. So I, I, I like the film because of the fact that he had like no budget. He had no experience and this is what he put forth. But from an actual entertainment standpoint, no, no, no vibe check, bad vibe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's a, that's a dark place to start. From. <laughs> but I, I will tell you that that is, it is, it is masterfully made, not just in the way that you just described, which mm -hmm. it absolutely is masterful. Yeah. But the writing of this movie is way better than it actually needs to be. Now I will say you are right. It is very slow. Yeah. 
and it is very hard to follow. And especially since I kept looking at the captions and the captions were just throwing me off whack. Why is that? Oh, they're like words were like didn't have spaces in oh, between. Oh, yeah, no, the captions were weird. Yeah, and like the words were spelled wrong and things like that. And it was yeah, just throwing were, me they, off. They were that. very much auto captions. They <laughs> yeah. were. Um, so to that to that end to that mm-hmm. uh, yes, it is a very slow movie. It is a very confusing movie. But yeah, the more times you watch it, the more at the end of the movie, how many versions of them are there? I, I mean, I just want to say two, three, three, at least because the person talking is neither of the ones. Oh, I see. The person talking is neither of the ones we know about that makes, the originals yeah. or the doubles. And like we know about and the one in the attic, I don't think is either the pro- like there's so it it sets up this very. And I will say that this is about the 12th time I've, I saw it today. And mm-hmm. every time I watch it, I catch something that I'd never caught before. <laughs> There's so much nuance. And I will say, is it a, a traditional film? No, no. You and I were talking right before the movie. You said, so what is an art house movie? And yeah. I was like, Oh, an art house movie is it's a movie. It's an, ex- it's an experimental film. Not really, but experimental is a one step more avant-garde, but art okay. house is when you're making something for the experience of making it for the, for mm. the art of it, okay. not for the money of it. And this is a amazing example of an art house film because it's just, it was art house films or sometimes called independent films mm-hmm. independent. Okay. Well, so, but independent has fallen out of use for a reason. Lord of the Rings was an independent film. Was it really? Yeah. It wasn't made by a studio. It was made by bankers. Like, and so independent means independently financed outside of the studio system. Yeah. Now bigger and bigger now with Netflix things on Netflix for a while. Now they'd be a studio because it's Netflix studios Mm -hmm. for a while. Anything released directly to Netflix was considered independent. That's not true anymore. Independent stopped meaning things because it used to just mean independently financed. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't anymore. So now it's just, is it art house is a genre, which used to be described as like independent. I see. Okay. So this is an absolute art house masterpiece. I really, really enjoy it. But I will say that I did hit you over the head. <laughs> but you liked Brick. Yes. And Brick is also an art house film. I, I I see differences. Okay. What are the differences? So Brick is 2007. This was 2000, 2005 Four, or six. 2004, I think. Mm-mm, no, this was 2004. Yeah. I thought we were talking about this being 2004. No, no. Brick. Oh, Brick. I think that's five. So, yeah. I think that's correct. So Primer was 2004. Brick was 2005. Mm-hmm. They're the same era. They have very similar budgets. They have very similar star power, which is to say none other than Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> they are very just, um, they're both art house films. Why was, what, what was good about Brick that you didn't like about Primer? Uh, so I, I think, I'll start, I'll start with this. Okay. The colors, I, I feel like the colors were a lot, or there was a better. lighting guy on Brick. Yeah, I think colors were better on Brick than, th- than this yeah. film. Another thing I will also say, and th- this isn't docking any, I mean, I guess it is docking any docking points. Sure. But there were some points, some points, some parts where like the people that were talking or like the things that should be in focus weren't in focus. We're not, again, this film was not made by filmmakers. Yeah. There, there were absolutely, I didn't, for the record, this is the first time I've watched it that I caught that. I was like, oh my gosh, the person <laughs> talking is out of focus. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, but you know, in, in, a, so, in a, in a weird way that adds to its charm, but yeah. Um, I, I mean, what I, what, what I will say 
is with like other films like traffic where sure. the color was supposed to be like that right the i don't i mean you can say that i'm wrong but i don't think the color was supposed to look like that or like the focus was out of the focus, focus was wrong the color so this is a, there's an important dichotomy here mm-hmm. for the colors sorry, for the focus those yeah. were mistakes that he didn't care enough about to fix okay yeah the colors weren't mistakes they were lack of decisions he didn't care I and i could i never talked to shane caruth i don't know it could turn out he was like oh no those were decisions <laughs> i'd be like sure they were there big guy <laughs> they weren't intentional I honestly think, because I know the types of lights he used, one of the reasons he did, got this so cheap is he's he was using Home Depot equipment and nothing. His whole thing is he wanted to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Which is a good thing. No, right? and it's really cool. And this is an important thing. We're, we're going off, off script a little bit here, but I think it's an important thing for you, those who don't understand or haven't watched the show a lot. Ronan is my intern. He works here at the studios. And so yep. this is kind of our like weekly digest. <laughs> um, the thing that's important is, and one of the things that I stand for a lot in all of my clients and all of my storytelling and when I was working in Hollywood with all of that stuff is that mm-hmm. the story wins. If it doesn't serve the story, why are you doing it? And so with a lot of things like with uh, with a lot of things, they're like, well, I need this CG mountain. I need this, this, yeah. I need these bullets. I need these guns. I need this nudity. I need this explosion. I need this car chase. And it doesn't. That serves the entertainment. Mm-hmm not the story like a Michael Bay movie that does those explosions don't serve the story. They, 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 those serve the experience and you can argue that that's important. You really can. I'm not dissing this at all, Mm -hmm. but when you watch these popcorn flicks, they are experiential. When you watch the MCU films, now the MCU is a, is a gray area because they happen to be very story driven. Yeah. But like when you watch DC films, they're so experience based, like shock, awe, flash, bang, kiss, or, or even John wonderful. Wick. Or J- <laughs> John Wick one was a masterpiece, and I will slap you. John oh, no, Wick- I was talking about the other ones. John Wick three. Like John Wick three. Just yeah. complete travesty. <laughs> but um, what it really comes down to is if it doesn't. So this film, the focus, those were mistakes. Mm-hmm. But when he was told that what it was going to cost, he was told this really yeah. high number. And they were like, well, you need to do this kind of light and this kind of this. And he's like, why? And they're like, well, otherwise it won't look right. And he's like, I just, I just need to see. So it wasn't that the camera, the, the lighting was there for good reason or bad reason. The lighting was there to add light. So when you, when they went from one room and it looked really green and you walked into the next room, it looked really blue. Yeah. It wasn't that that was a decision. It was a lack of give a damn. And I mean, that as a positive thing. He was just like, why would I spend time and money and effort for something that does not serve the story? True. Yeah. And you know, lots of times I would really beat a client up about that. But mm-hmm. in this particular case, I really agree with him. His mathematical theorem, his yeah. his idea of how time travel movies should work is what was important. Mm-hmm. The lighting didn't. And I, I, I think he crushed it. I think it worked really, really well. Yeah. At first I thought you were going to say like gear doesn't matter and just focus on the story and like. Sure. Like the. The. um like the less amount of money spent on gear to tell that specific story that right. is needed then just go for that. But I mean, I guess that's kind of the same thing. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, so. it's, this is something that you kids today will never understand. And that's <laughs> like, so, I mean, I was in high school in the late nineties and mm-hmm. I was coming up through film school in the early two thousands and I entered the film industry in, in like 2005, 2006. Yeah. And <clears throat> there was a huge hierarchy difference in gear, which is to say, if you were cheap, you were using a Best Buy camera. Yeah. If you were middle ground, I had a $7,000 camera in college that was mine. I bought that instead of a car because 
priorities. <laughs> um, and then, and then when you went out on the set, you had 20, 30, $50,000 cameras. Mm -hmm. I could shoot a camera with the, the cameras that we have here that you have access to. Yeah. We could shoot a feature film on this that was indistinguishable. And I mean that indistinguishable from a cinema, a, 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 a Hollywood feature film. Yeah. And that is new. That is, that is only in the last 20 years. That was not true when I was in high school media prep or when I was in college film school or when I was in the early industry, mm -hmm. you could look, I, me, yeah. I could look at a camera and within seconds tell you how much money the camera cost. And I can't do that anymore because, I see. yeah, because now you can shoot a feature film on an iPhone. And if you know what you're doing, it'll look okay. Yeah. I mean, emphasis on if you know what you're doing <laughs> maybe that should be a challenge it's been done oh okay it's been done a bunch there's there's been a couple of features shot on iphones hmm. or cell phones um and I, I remember there was an episode of house a few years ago that was shot on a 5d mark ii and it was a big deal as a dslr yeah. for those that are um gear has hit a plateau now where all of it is good enough that as long as you know how to light but the important thing to know here is that this movie 2005 this was shot on film by a person who didn't know how to shoot on film and yeah. that's impressive because it's a completely different world. It's a completely different way of yep. breaking down information. Um, so I, I, I can respect finding this movie slow and I can, <laughs> I can respect finding this movie a little boring, mm -hmm. but I will say that when you watch it and understand, like, I will also say that watching ballet can be a little boring, but when you understand just how hard it is and yeah. the mastery of what they're doing, it adds a whole level of enjoyment. And I will say that I will watch primer anytime it comes up because it's like watching ballet. It's not always like that riveting, Yeah. but when you take into account the training and the hours and how difficult it is and how masterful they lead, this movie is way better than it needed to be given that no one on set knew what they were doing. Yeah. They had absolutely no money and they were using the hardest gear on the earth to use because I can shoot film. So like my, my business partner, I talked about this. I've shot films, many yeah. of them, my business partner who we went to college at the same time has never, he's only ever shot digitally. I've shot film and I will tell you film is hard. Film is yeah, hard imagine. to mess with. And this was shot by non filmmakers that had no business working with film and and they crushed it, mm -hmm. even if the movie is a little dry. <laughs> um, so let's uh, let's let's uh, let's let's move on. Okay. So budget, like you said, seven thousand, and it racked in with eight hundred forty-one point nine thousand dollars. That's really low. I would have thought. That, I mean, don't get me wrong. Oh, I mean, like coming from like seven thousand. No, I mean, like that's, that's still exponential. I really thought. I really would have expected you to tell me that it had made two, three, four million dollars. Not, not, not tons, tons, tons. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I mean, he still did a good job. It, yeah. I mean, that's still like a huge increase. A huge no, absolutely. Profit. No, no one's, no one's angry about that. Yeah. And like I had said earlier, grand jury prize, yep. Alfred P. Sloan feature film prize, WV, I mean the village voice film and Gotham independent film awards. Um, ratings. You might, you might be surprised. The, I looked it up today and it had a higher, I swear it had a higher rating on something. Well, huh. those those are the ratings today. Okay, but I'm wrong. That's I, I, I was going to say you may be surprised that Rotten Tomatoes is the highest. Yeah. <laughs> and no, and okay, so, but remember, so I I am big on these things. Mm -hmm. Sixty eight percent on Metacritic. Yeah, is like I can't say it because you're underage. It's oh. really good. Yeah, Metacritic <laughs> is super, super critical. Metacritic will give a an Academy Award winning film a forty percent. Metacritic is just angry, angry, <laughs> angry fat men in their basement, angry that they live with their mom. I that see. is what Metacritic is. I see. 
and getting a 68 on Metacritic, you might as well get the Academy Award. I, I was going to say, especially for this film. Yeah. So that's really impressive. Yeah. 69%, 6.9 on IMDb is a little low. 72% on Rotten Tomatoes. And again, there's nothing I respect less than Rotten Tomato. That's <laughs> garbage. Yeah. Um, but I would disagree. I would give it... Uh, I would give it high 70s. I'd give it 78 to, to just simply because technically, I mean, you have to weigh technical and technically it's yeah. it mm -hmm. from a technical standpoint. This movie was not good. Yeah, but it was in so many other ways uh, just crushing. Move on. Uh, uh, Unless you had something. Uh, all I was going to say was that's kind of like the main reason. Like, it's not my style of movie. It was like way too big brain for me. Like, like I, I may you could be... read a book once in a while. Ron. I'm just saying <laughs> like, like I may be able to go to my to my data structures teacher, like watch this film. Like he may like understand it. You should. I, I really should. But yeah, I, I think this was above my IQ level. It's <laughs> not that big brain. First off, because I'm an idiot and I loved it. Like, um, yeah. But I will give them props for like, this is their first film having like no film experience, especially shooting on film. Yeah. No, none of the people on here were actors. And yeah. Like, okay. Like I have to give it props, but there were mistakes. There was. Oh yeah. No, I like, mean there were shots slow for my that, liking. And... Again, it was technically garbage, but it is so masterful. Yeah. Okay. Next slide. Let's I, hit it. That was all the slides. What? I. There's not another. No. I thought there was usually one more slide. No. Okay. So then, Ronan, what did we watch two weeks ago? We watched a skateboard movie. We watched yes. Lords of Dogtown. Yes. And the week before, we watched Gleaming the Cube. We went through mm -hmm. our skateboard phase, and then <laughs> I don't know what brought us to Primer. Well, I try to make each week kind of be have some degree oh, of connect, back. connective tissue, yeah, some yeah. degree of connective tissue. So next week we could watch another art house film, which I can just tell you just beaming and excited about. <laughs> um, next week we could watch another time travel movie, which we could go big budget, low budget. Just mm -hmm. we could do any time travel. <gasps> oh, I know what we're watching next week. Have you ever seen Donnie Darko? I, I have not. No. Have you ever heard of Donnie Darko? No, I've not. So here's a challenge I have for people <laughs> about Donnie Darko. I tell people, okay, if you ever meet someone who can tell you that they know what Donnie Darko is about, they're lying. Okay. Um, it's Jake Gyllenhaal, Jenna Malone, Maggie Gyllenhaal. It is for the record masterfully written. It is Noah Wiley play is in it. it is a Drew Barrymore film. Uh, she helped produce it. Okay. It is unlike this that was made with zero star power and zero money. Donnie yeah. Darko is the big budget version of this. Still independent. Still art house. Still confusing as all hell. <laughs> like I will sell, say to people, they're like, "Oh, I love Donnie Darko." I was like, "Really? What's it about?" And if they try to answer, I was like, "You don't know that. You've never even seen it." Like. If you try to tell, because like even right now, I could tell you it's about a time traveling rabbit, which is true, but not really. <laughs> I could tell you it's about a plane crash and a mass hysteria, which is true, but not really. Same. I could tell you it, it's about the weirdest recursive time loop movie I've ever seen, but having watched Primer, that's not true either. <laughs> like it is a movie that it, it defies description. I see. Um, but it's another art house film, which you mm -hmm. weren't as familiar with art house. So we'll watch that. Yeah. Uh, it's a big budget art house film, which is a little bit of a contradiction, but still great. Okay. <laughs> it is time travel, sort of, but not sort of, but not okay. not super like um, not super really. Mm -hmm. So all in it is a uh, we're going to watch Donnie Darko next week. Um, okay. So for those who want to follow along next week, Donnie Darko 2000 and do, 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 do. Donnie. And there's some cool writing tropes that uh, 2001. Okay. 
Donnie Darko does some cool things with writing that are just, oh, I love them so much. <laughs> like, no, I mean, they're they're truly amazing. Mm-hmm. For the record, if I had to guess, I didn't think you were going to like Primer. Okay. I didn't care. <laughs> I I think you might enjoy Donnie Darko. Donnie okay. Darko is weird. Okay. I like weird. It's I mean, not I your kind weird. of movie from what I've seen, but like it's okay. it's there's a lot more. Did you like Mothman Prophecies? Yes. Then yes, it's lots okay. more that. Okay. Which was another art house film. Okay. So, um, okay. And, and another thing I will say, not to uh, go too far into the future. Sure. But I think I have an, a movie for the week after. Okay. What are we watching in two weeks? Uh, in the Tall Grass. It's, okay. It's a Netflix original. It's also another looping time travel movie. Okay. So, yeah. and then the next week after that, we can watch Looper, <laughs> which for the record is Ryan is a Ryan Johnson film who did brick. Oh, and he then made Looper with Joseph Gordon Levitt and Bruce Willis. Okay. So like there's a, there's our next few weeks. So this week we watched, um, primer next yep. week we're gonna watch donnie darko the next week we're gonna watch in the tall grass and the week after that we're gonna watch looper so for the next month we're watching recursive looping. yeah <laughs> recursive looping films ending on looper and after that we'll probably <laughs> pivot to either a bruce willis movie yeah. or again i i just like there to be some connective <laughs> tissue from week to week yes. so for the next few weeks we're gonna be doing that that's gonna be fun uh yep. so again guys this is reels in the round oh wait hold on you had a joke i do have a joke i'm sorry <laughs> go ahead oh, i'm not he is. <laughs> so, Kirk. Yes. So, did you know that I can jump higher than a house? Houses can't jump that high. Gosh dang it. I'm a dad. You're going to try to, <laughs> to out-jump, like you're going to out-dad joke me? You come into my house and try to out-dad joke me? Wow. Fine, fine. Another one then. Since, since you knew that one. Okay. What's blue and not heavy at all? Give me a second. <laughs> what is blue? Yeah. And not heavy at all. Correct. I'm going to regret this. <laughs> I don't know. What? Light blue. Oh, F <laughs> you, man. And uh, hope you enjoyed this week in Reels and Around Rewatch Primer. He's been Kirk. I've been Ronan. You're welcome for the joke. You're fine. Bye. I'm fine. <laughs> oh, dear God. See you next week, guys.